You're listening to Rosie on the House. Come on around back, Arizona, and welcome to the Outdoor Living Hour, 8 o'clock. First Saturday of the month, we have Julie Murphy with the Arizona Farm Bureau joining us. As always, talking about farm fresh, fill in the blank, whatever is currently being harvested or brought to market by local Arizona farms and ranches. And this one was actually an interesting topic that we picked today. And you said, where did this come from? I said, well, from the list of choices you sent us. (laughs) (laughs) And it's because I have a sweet tooth and I I love candy. (laughs) <laughs> but before we get started on our candy topic of today and all the local sweets that are uh, made and grown and produced here in Arizona, I I think we've been outsmarted. Uh-oh. I think the Dairy Council has outsmarted the Farm Bureau. Oh, don't say that. We love that. Look at that. <laughs> Indianapolis 500, the winner, is holding the milk jug facing out for all the cameras to see winners drink milk. Isn't that by awesome? the Arizona Dairy Association. Yes, I'm we very need to proud take a page on that. We need to find some uh, something for the farm bureau to put in his hand, other than milk, or or maybe get a Danheisen glass Dan-Sizen, jar, Danheisen yep, instead. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely, no. That was a pretty neat campaign that they did, and it did get a lot of coverage and attention. And we love the Dairy Council. <clears throat> we love Arizona milk producers, <laughs> and uh, you know we. Everybody that's in dairy, we love them. Well, I can tell you that is no accident. That no, it was, is not. It I was mean, pretty cool. There was somebody standing there to make sure he held the jug with the logo out. <laughs> well, it's because we need to be drinking more milk and more goat milk. It's kind of what we're going get to get to get in today, too. Well, introduce your Capri. Uh, I call them the Capreme Dream Team. Capreme Dream Team. <clears throat> they all have G's in their first name, so this will be fun. Gary Carter, I... I kind of identify him. You're the founder and owner of Caprim, yes, which, by the way, was established in 2009 in beautiful Prescott, Arizona. It's a fully operational USDA grade A goat dairy. And then also Gerald Rogers, Hello. a gelato maker and flavor inventor. That's me. Flavor and, inventor. Yeah, flavor inventor. That's what I call him. He's the one that mixes all these awesome flavors for the gelato. And now they're going to have... I kind of don't know if I should give that away yet, but you guys are going to do ice cream sandwiches, too. Yes, we Oh, are. please please say it out loud. Ice cream sandwiches, <laughs> yay. And Gelato then also, sandwiches. Greg O'Reilly is our business development manager with Caprine. Good morning. They're Farm Bureau members. They're kind of new to our family, and I wanted to give them a splash and introduce them to the listeners on Rosie on the House. Well, let's start with founder Gary. Tell us about your operation. Well, uh, we've been breeding goats for about... 10 years, I think, but we didn't start our business until around maybe three years ago. Officially. Officially. In stores. In stores. Mm -hmm. And um, I grew up on a cow dairy, a Holstein dairy, but I couldn't drink cow milk, so I had one goat, and it was one of the floppy-eared kind, and I didn't particularly like the flavor, but I had heard there was a very special breed of goat called an Oberhosley. That produces a milk that tastes like cow milk or very close, but is, for people who can't drink cow milk, um, kind of the most nutritional thing you can drink, I think. And the sweetest. And the sweetest. Mm-hmm. And very it is good. good. I have taste tested it. I'm impressed. It has more of a, like the sweet profile as yes, opposed to is. the savory of other goats, mm-hmm. which makes it really good for breakfast and really good for... Um, sweet desserts. Sweet desserts. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So how many goats are y'all milking? 
Well, we have. Um, I think We're we milking have... seventy-five this morning, right now. And, Literally uh, as we speak, huh? Yeah, we have about another hundred, including about fifty-five babies that were born this year, and then thirty girls that were born last year that are not in production yet. <clears throat> and you, you're scaling. What, what will you? I don't want to always say what will you eventually get to, but I mean, you're growing your goat herd. Yes, yeah, so the intention is to grow the herd and increase our production capacity and broaden our, uh, our distribution throughout Arizona, the Southwest region, and over time become a national American legacy brand. So if I want some Caprim, because now I'm a taste tester and I've fallen in love with it, where am I going to get it? Our products are available at AJ's and Bashes. Uh, we're, we're new to AJ's. We're very grateful for their AJ's Fine Food, that relationship. That company is an Arizona company. They've been a, a great community citizen over the decades, and they understand and appreciate local producers. So we're grateful for the opportunity to have our products in that in that store. Uh, in fact, we will do, be doing a, uh, a gelato product demonstration at AJ's <clears throat> Fine Foods on Central and Camelback immediately following this broadcast. And I got a rumor that if they mention this show, you might give them something free? We just might. We have limited supply, but we do have some pints available for our customers. Okay. We're also in all the natural grocers throughout Arizona, and uh, we're expanding our relationship with Whole Foods Market. And in, in about a month, we're going to be coming out with the only goat gelato ice cream sandwiches in the world. Okay. So for somebody who grew up and the only sweet thing we had were New Orleans-style beignets because that's where my family's from, what is a gelato? A, well, a gelato is, is – people would know it from the 60s as ice milk. And basically it's not ice cream. It's low-fat ice milk. And it's, so we use um, stabilizers in the properties – of the gelato to increase its creaminess and its body. So it tastes just like ice cream does, but it's four grams of fat per serving versus 18 grams of fat per serving. And it's an A2 casein protein. And so it's digestible by people that generally cannot drink or digest cow's milk. So your product, even just the milk, if we talk about just the milk, it's going to be really nice for people that have that intolerance for oh, yes. some other dairy products. We have parents that swear by it. We, we, when we do these product demos, we have the opportunity to meet our customers directly, meet these mothers and fathers and their children, uh, and we feel an obligation to them to make sure that they have product. There's not too many products that you could say have that type of fundamental market traction where families need it because their kids are either uh, lactose intolerant or uh, hypoaller hypoallergenic. Um, and so we're we're grateful to be able to offer them a product. And uh, we have gelato made in the Italian style, gelato, which is essentially iced milk. That's because our, our butterfat profile, even though we're whole milk, because of our special breed, the Oberhasli, is only 2.8% wow. fat. So it's actually a low-fat milk. There's a lot of diversity amongst the different goat breeds in terms of flavor and, and fat profile. And, Gary, you were talking about something you guys, well, all three of you, some of the other flavors that you've brought online and how you've reformulated them even? or um, <clears throat> Actually, we had to reformulate the, the, this, um, the, the body of the gelato <clears throat> so that it would um, have a really nice structure for the sandwich. 
you, okay. it hold nicely. Yeah, correct. The machine, the way that it cuts the gelato, it has to retain some elasticity, the product does. And so we had to create more elasticity in the gelato. And this is for the ice cream sandwich. Exactly. Because the cookies break the sandwich off from the, from the ice cream supply. They, so it has to be exactly right or it'll collapse the, or break the cookies. It'll be a calamity. And, Romy, they did bring some sandwich. Like a Lucy and Ethel. You'd be a yes, cookie so. in a bowl. <laughs> yeah, a yes. spoon. With broken cookies all from one end to the other. But Maybe even on the ceiling. But they'd still be good. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'd, oh, yeah. I'd still eat them. You have to break, you'd have to eat them all, exactly. We and, Romy, they did bring taste samples today, so we get yes, to try it. The only thing we're not going to get to try yet, because it's just not quite ready, is the ice cream sandwiches, That correct? comes out on... Around the 15th or 20th okay. of June. One other thing to mention about the uh, gelato sandwiches, that it's Madagascar vanilla bean. Paste. It's all natural mm-hmm. um, uh, vanilla gelato uh, and an organic uh, wafer cookie. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So you we're, guys are we're really... very suitable for the AJ's Fine Foods, the Whole Foods Market, and the natural grocers crowd. And, Romy, the Caprim Dream Train, they have been plotting and planning this. They are so ready. This is going to be fun. I'm excited for him. Well, thanks. Yeah, we went to Penn State in 2012. Um, a well-established ice cream. Uh, short course. Short course. And we were the 120th year, the 120th class that they had taught. And we had about 150 people from seven countries included in our gelato class. So it was pretty informative. It was really worthwhile taking the class. How many flavors do you plan to we have nine right now. Gerald has nine flavors. Three in the stores. We have a, our vanilla bean, a dark chocolate, and then a mint chip are the three flavors that we offer today. Yeah, we got lucky enough to get uh, space for it in the grocery stores. Yeah, it's hard to get the space in the But you're stores. working on what are some of the other flavors? You've got oh, coffee. we have like a, a chip, like an Oreo chocolate chip type cookie. Um, you have uh, orange flavor. sickle, coffee, um, Butter pecan. root beer. Uh, we have one that we were calling um, root beer and ruffles. Root beer and ruffles, where we took um, ruffles chips and we dipped them in chocolate, and it's really good with with gelato. With root because they it's stay like a, nice and firm. It's like a picnic. Yeah, it really is. And then you have Fourth your um, of July. Your uh, uh, matcha tea and pistachio. Mm-hmm. And, you, uh, you need to also do what the Dan Zizens do. They they actually invite customers to tell them some of the flavors. And so they're always coming online with something new, which is pretty special about what you are able to do, is you can always experiment with flavors. You can get wind of something that's new and maybe is starting to trend, and you can experiment mm-hmm. it with it the same way they do with ice cream. Salted caramel. Salted that's caramel. obviously a very so popular. Um, yeah. Yeah, whatever, do anything. Is, whatever is trending in the foodie line. Uh, exactly. That's so right. my biggest takeaway from this first segment is we've got Greg, Gary, and Gerald, what Julie is calling the Caprim Dream Team, and none of you guys really have a job. You guys just play all day is what it sounds like. Let's <laughs> <laughs> flavor. Let's eat. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> you guys have put together the American Dream, something mm-hmm. that you love to do, have fun, and you're in a great location in the state. You're out. Where in Prescott is the goat? Uh, Williamson Valley. Williamson Valley. Very, At the base of Granite tree, Mountain. Nice. Tall, mm-hmm. evergreen oak trees. And as Julie mentioned, we're seeking to expand our, our infrastructure to um, to house our, our growing herd and to expand our distribution throughout Arizona, the Southwest, and become a national brand. And by the way, their goats are precious, the baby goats. They'll just, like, come up to you just like little birds and hover around you and 
bite out loose strings and they're just jump on you. precious and jump <laughs> and, on you. And they all have names. Can't rattle them off right now. Oh, no. We know every one of yes, them they're by all their name. Named. They know their names. It takes them about two years to learn their name, but oh. we're patient. Yes. <laughs> all right. More with the Farm Bureau here at Rosie on the House right after this. In our outdoor living hour, talking farm fresh commodities. Candy is our highlight for this week. It's published in our home maintenance calendar. We've got dairy treats today from Caprim Dairy, along with. I had to write this down Greg, Gary, and Gerald. Yes. <laughs> the Caprim right. Dream Team. <laughs> Y'all published a stat last week, Julie, that I thought was quite fascinating. There are over 19,000 farms in Arizona. That didn't surprise me. But that 60% came from these three counties. I would not have picked any of those three. I would have said Maricopa, Pinal, Pima. That's where you see a lot of it. And I don't know, has the housing development changed that? Or has it always been Apache, Coconino, and Navajo that have led the farm well here's my theory before 2007 that ag census did not count the subsistence farms on the tribal lands so once they started counting that and that actually more than doubled our farm numbers and so we have we now have an opportunity to count those farms on the tribal lands which is awesome because it's a cultural thing that we should be proud of we have the largest number of native american tribes in arizona i think it's 23 24 and the Navajo and the Hopi tribes are generating most of those subsistence farm numbers that finally the Ag Census USDA has finally counted. So that's why you see those numbers, and that's why it comes out so large. And it sh- as well it should because some we talk about generational farming all the time. And by the way, several of our tribal families and also uh, large tribe farms are members of Arizona Farm Bureau. We talk about generational farming all the time. Well, if you go to the Hopi and the Navajo, you're talking 8, 10, 12, maybe even 15 generations farming. So it's pretty cool to be able to identify that, and that's why you see those numbers. And we highlight them here the first Saturday of every month along with uh, a guest, a Farm Bureau member. Today we've got Caprime Dream Team, and what am I eating here? Dark chocolate gelato. And it is so good. Very good. And how did you guys you, – did you bring this down from the dairy this morning? Oh, yes. How did mm-hmm. you keep it uh, – you have like an old ice cream truck that's <laughs> – or just a really good cooler? A good cooler. We have a, a Ford Transit mm-hmm. that is um, a refrigerator truck that we got from Thermo King. Branded. And and branded I, with all of our stores. So you'll see us on the road. And it rolled, in, it rolled into the parking lot, and I knew immediately it was Caprim. And is there, like, little music that plays as you guys are driving down, like you hear at neighborhoods when the ice cream guy is We'd be down? mobbed. No, but we do have a theme song on our website. <laughs> All right. Well, we know what our intro music is going to be for the next commercial break. Some other candy sh- stores throughout Arizona. We've got Sweet Candy of Arizona and Chandler. Mm-hmm. And most of these were rated as being some of our top candy stores. And the other reason I like to highlight them, especially like Soretta, candy company and they've been in the valley for 40 years they use a lot of our you know farm products if you uh, have ever gone to green valley pecan by the way they have candied pecans uh Soretta's using their pecans in their candy if they have nuts in their candy so a lot of the 
ingredients from some of these candy shops is from our farmers and ranchers. Surratt is a great place right on Glendale Avenue just as Old Town Glendale is starting south side of the road. You walk in there, and it, it's like walking into the closest thing you could imagine is, is the Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory. Oh, it's so neat. And the tours, you can schedule tours for groups. Sedona Fudge Company in Sedona. You've got Sweet Shop and Nut House and Flagstaff. Old Town Candy and Toys in Scottsdale, and that's just five of them. We'll read off the other five and another break. And it's something that you don't think about all of – the ingredients that go into it, like you said, come from some of our farmers, like our pistachios, our pecans, some of our other ingredients. And the fun thing, too, by the way, um, most of the farms that you can visit, and by the way, we have a new feature on Fill Your Plate. You can search for farms that can, you literally can go on and visit. Like we all probably know of Schneff Farms. There's also Mortimer Family Farms up north. Well, a lot of their stores, they might be making their their farm store on the farm might be making fresh fudge and stuff like that. So in farm and ranch country, we all have sweet tooths. And it's a very unique industry. A carpenter, in a day, you could sink a thousand nails building a house. You know, you do that for a couple wow. of years. You, know, you add up those and the perfection of your swing and uh, your trade. A farmer, if you're growing an annual crop, you have what maybe fifty, seventy, maybe. You know, if you started. From a young age as a generational farmer, you only have a few, a very small amount of harvest compared to you know somebody that other industries where you're doing a rep, you know, more yep. repetitions in that a day. Mm-hmm. So true. But what we like to say in farm and ranch country <clears throat> is that we've become just like the guys that we're seeing here in the studio. We've become very good at taking care and doing very well, ben- high be- benchmarking there with what we do, whether that's raising crops or raising animals and growing crops rather or raising animals (laughs) and you guys keep saying the word gelato is that something that's specific to goat milk or could you have a a cow gelato oh you can have cow gelato um, ice cream with finer ingredients and less air less fat and less fat Mm -hmm. a really full profile flavorful profile with fine ingredients but yes. the benefit to it being goat is somebody that's lactose intolerant, they could still enjoy oh, yes. this and not have the reaction from, from cow dairy. Exactly. Self-included. Yes. Now, are those actually goats from y'all's farm in the background? I love it. That's great. Caprine Dairy, a goat uh, goat milk nutritional facts uh, that y'all have posted on your website. I believe we do. Yes, yes. we do. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, what we touched upon already, uh, our goat milk is is uh, A two milk, so it's it carries the A two beta casein protein, which which makes it uh, lactose intolerant friendly and hypoallergenic uh, for people that are people that are yes friendly that for people that are challenged by consuming uh, cow milk. So, Jennifer, can we call you out on that? You have to stay away from traditional ice cream, but you're you're inhaling this gelato you're here. Telling my, <laughs> telling on me. It is absolutely delicious. I really do miss ice cream. It um, is just very – you cannot tell it's not ice cream. It's delicious. The well, flavor you. – you've done a great job on the flavors. Thank you. Well, I think the vanilla bean paste, the Madagascar bean paste – 
two ounces re- represents 12 vanilla beans being scraped. And wow. so it's a it's a very premium product, and it adds a warmthness to the vanilla as opposed to vanilla extract. You can actually taste the alcohol in vanilla extract where it's not detectable in the bean paste. But we have to go back to these mama goats and the breed. I mean, to me, I feel like part of this is the breed when it's coming to the quality gelato that you guys are producing and the quality goat milk. It really is the Oberhasli breed. Yeah, sometimes people are intimidated to try goat milk because they feel it. Tastes really goaty. Yes. These these are uh, a very fine quality animal. Their their product isn't abundant. They don't produce a uh, a large amount per goat, but the quality no. of and the flavor of the of the amount they do produce. Is, and they're a rare breed. It. They were introduced into the U.S. in I think 1980. Maybe okay. thir- yeah, somewhere. But mm-hmm. I think 1935. Five goats they brought from Europe. And, and and they're not necessarily known for making the best goat cheese. Now we've got some of correct. our goat farms here, and they make I think of Crow's Dairy. Yeah, and awesome their cheese. Goat yeah, really nice body cheese. cheese. Wendell yeah. does a nice great job. Flavor. And it's because of their breed. So really, mm-hmm. what you guys are doing here is identified more with the milk and the gelato. So these different breeds will produce different quality. Flavorings. Oh, yes, yeah. broad, broad flavor and fat profile. Okay, broad mm-hmm. flavor. That makes sense to me. The, mm-hmm. Therein lies our need to be innovative in expanding the uh, the production capacity of goat dairies in general. The U.S. is about ten to fifteen years behind Europe and other parts of the world right. in goat dairy production and consumer consumption. And uh, we we're we're pioneering uh, goat dairy nutrition, and we're uh, opening new uh, product opportunities. So we we have an educational role to our consumers, not only on the health and nutritional benefits of goat milk, uh, which is which is a brilliant experience when we get to witness people taste goat milk or our gelato for the first time, and they're floored by the you, like when you oh, visited I, us up at the farm. I was a little bit hesitant to try the goat milk, but yeah. I love it. But we the stigma is yeah. hard to overcome. Yeah. We, we see that every day. It's, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful experience. And it's uh, you guys are also evident to me that we see this in a lot of the families too that are generational. You get to say that you're generational because you grew up on a dairy farm. The crows, they had a traditional bovine dairy farm, and now they're into goats. And we've got we just had them on, Mr. Rovi, Paul Rovi. They're doing sheep. So yes. it's that we're really discovering some of the other opportunities with some of the other breeds of animals. And it's, they're a low water drinking. Animal, oh, there you which go. Is low better water for the use. Environment. Yeah, mm-hmm. low water Especially use. in our desert environment. Yeah, here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Well, we should mention some of the other candy. Do we still have that list? We were going to highlight some of the other candies just because this was our candy attic in Tempe. Treat Center on Courthouse Square in Prescott. That's on the south side to the south of Commander's Palace. Campus Candy and Yogurt in Tucson. Should be self-explanatory where that is. Yeah. Probably pretty close to U of A, I would imagine. <laughs> Zach's Chocolate in Scottsdale and Cactus Candy in Phoenix. Cactus Candy and Soretta Candies both partner with Rosie on the House in the Arizona Staycation. And I love the point you made earlier. You know, a lot of times you know, when we're talking with our Farm Bureau members and the different, you know, whether it's dairy that they're producing or carrots or radishes or lettuce, you know, that's one item. 
the candy, the amount of different ingredients they're pulling from multiple different farms and multiple different crops to make these. Right. The majority of those candy stores that you listed are using some type of ag product, and that's what makes it so neat here in Arizona because our agriculture is so diverse. And so if it's an ingredient that they can get local to put into their candy, they will, and that's what makes it pretty special for us. And we'll post a link to this article uh, at the end of this hour with all the additional resources, including a link to Capri Dairy and all the places you can find it. But y'all had mentioned earlier that you're going to be where after this? AJ's Fine Food on Central and Camelback. Okay. That is northeast corner, I believe? Yes. And you'll be there at 11 o'clock? Yes. And you have free pints of? We have have samples of gelato, and we have a a limited supply of pints to give away to uh, customers that mentioned that they heard us on the radio. Julie, you said it was a very obvious when they pulled up. Describe this vehicle so anybody that wants to go try this gelato and enjoy ice cream that uh, you may not have otherwise because uh, of the... Well, what, is, what is it? Lactose? Lactose intolerant. Friendly. Well, lactose friendly, friendly, yes. Yeah. So it looks like a little mini ice cream truck. It's all white. And then, of course, it's got the great Caprim Dairy logo. Of, and, in fact, it features the faith, face of your goat breed, correct? Yes, it yeah. does. Mavis. 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 And um, it's just it's awesome. <laughs> you weren't lying. They're all named. <laughs> they are. Yeah. yeah. Did Mavis see, is on the logo. <laughs> if you say hi to Mavis, she'll she say it. Right <laughs> <laughs> so you actually have a Mavis. She's yes, actually yes. Uh-huh. And is she a serious mama, a serious producer too? She's a good oh, producer, yeah. but she's mm-hmm. she her she's got a really beautiful long neck, and she's a tall, mm-hmm. tall goat. Her mother's so, red, a redhead, which is a rare color so, pattern we've had come out in the breed. A stripeless. So one. you picked her for her mother, her, her modeling attributes. Then is what I'm gathering. Yes. She's I really have pictures of her as a child. <laughs> <laughs> you guys get kind of attached to the goats, don't you? Oh, yes. They're very interactive. They're, um, they're similar to a dog, um, except they're a little less intelligent. Don't you think they're kind of in between a, a domestic animal and a livestock animal? Mm-hmm. They're, they're not quite If they could one. live in the house, they would love it. <laughs> and they would make a mess everywhere. And they well, would. Yes, that's why they exactly. can't live in the house. <laughs> so, if you talk to Rhonda Crow too, I think they've named all their goats, and she mm-hmm. just loves her goats. They're all registered, so you have to you kind of have to come up with a name, which yeah. forces you to name them all. Oh, so. really? But yeah. thinking of that many female names is a challenge. We ask um, friends of ours to have their children um, give us names. We get, we get a lot of Zoes. Yeah. <laughs> submit submit names for our goats at, via our website or via Facebook. Well, oh, please. And if Mavis is famous and she's going to have babies, you just need to say Mavis 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, and then you've got it covered, right? A succession. Well, that would be easy, yes. <laughs> the other thing, Yellow 35. Yeah. <laughs> like Lassie. <laughs> like Lassie. The other thing we should mention is one of the biggest reasons we're doing this is this is National Candy Month, and also June is National Dairy Month. So we, I thought this was an <clears throat> appropriate combination. And we can... We can highlight these things because they're worthy of celebration, and it's neat here in Arizona because we have a very significant dairy industry. Of the top two commodities in the state of Arizona, it's beef and dairy, and they kind of rotate back. It's kind of like this competition, but what the USDA does is aggregates the cash receipts from the different states, and they can identify what commodity, agriculture commodities, are the largest. So one year, sometimes it's Arizona beef. Another year, it might be Arizona dairy. And root for our dairies right now, because the 100-weight 
for price on uh, milk has gone up, but I tell you they've been have have had slumped prices for dairy for quite some time. So, and I wasn't aware until we started working with the Farm Bureau that agriculture brings in more money than tourism into the state we, of Arizona. If we're considered one of the top uh, ranking ag or um, economic Perfect. generators. Right now, we're a $23.3 billion industry, and we assess that about every three years. We commission U of A and their economic... Uh, they, they have another dream team. I call them U of A's economic dream team, too. And they will assess. They go out and assess. They also use the USDA numbers, and that that is what allows us to know what the value of our ag industry in the state of Arizona is. And that's what makes it so special. So we've had an increase prior to just releasing it, I think, about a year and a half ago. It was $17 billion. Well, now we're at $23 billion. And it's farms like yours, Caprim Dairy, mm-hmm. that allow us to contribute to that economic engine that's Arizona agriculture. Exactly. Uh, this country is, is built on agriculture. Arizona is built on agriculture. And Caprim is a a rural agricultural enterprise, uh, and when a consumer pr- uh, buys local, they are supporting local farmers, jobs, and economic development in rural Arizona. Thank you for saying that. The other thing I like to highlight is it's a prime industry. If you don't have agriculture, if you don't have forestry, if you don't have mining, and you don't have fishing, all of the other s- sectors, your secondary and your uh, tertiary industries cannot exist because we're actually generating something. And our biggest generators are our soil and our sun, weather. We mm-hmm. have wonderful climate here. So, yes, agriculture is so important to every state in the union. And, of course, we want agriculture because we want to eat. We eat, you know. And um, every country that can feed itself is a more secure country. So, Now, not on your website, but I – so I don't know if this is something you all have considered breaking into or not. You said you have 75 goats you're milking today. You've got 50 babies on the way. Um, do y'all or is there a time you would consider selling these goats to somebody that may want to milk them themselves? We, I don't think we've ever sold any female no. we've ever produced. No. We, well, it's such a rare breed that you can't just go buy an Oberhosley. I know. You, you guys can get a premium it. for it. I, I suppose. But they just need – their purpose is to be in dairies. They enjoy being it's, in this yeah. collective family that mm-hmm. they're in. Yeah, they're in herds, they all, family herds. They all have – it's a family unit. G- mm-hmm. Gary made a brilliant choice in choosing this breed early on and has committed nearly 10 years of a methodical breeding program that is – introduced the improvements in this breed where we we really have a proprietary high value breed now and our herd is you know, as the industry continues to emerge we're, we we open the discussion with uh, larger producers to partner with them or some sort of strategic partnership or acquisition and what's so cool is you're doing it right here in arizona it's mm, pretty cool I milked La Manches for a couple oh, years yeah. for our family, and it was really hard to find uh, the mama, and then you needed a dad because they, you, you know, they have to have a baby first, and then, you know, you miss one day after about that six yeah. or seven month period, and they immediately start to dry up, and you know, it was, it, it was a lot of fun, and it was great to be able to go outside in the morning milk your goats come in and you know that was part of your breakfast that day along with the eggs we were getting from the chickens it's just 
as the kids grew up and our rodeo schedule got so much, we were go- we traveled too much to be able to milk them on a regular basis. And uh, they're more uh, our weed control right now. They just kind of <laughs> – we stake them out with our water and they take care of our, our weed management. But the amount of different people looking for resources for milking themselves, that might be, that might be one more venture or, or uh, area of revenue income for you all. That's you know what sure. else you might consider because you mentioned to me before the show started that you are looking to the opportunity of agritainment, agritourism, where people can schedule appointments and come and visit the farm, see your unique breed of goat and all that fun stuff. Well, if they can buy product on the farm, you should give them the Farm Bureau discount. A lot of <laughs> pitching Farm Bureau <laughs> because a lot of my um, direct market or retail farmers, they will offer a discount to Farm Bureau members. That's when a they great go, idea. Yeah, when they mm-hmm. go onto the love farm. love to do that. Yeah. Okay. And have like a designated five or six uh, goats that people could milk themselves yeah. and take that with them. Just, oh, for fun. the full experience. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Just consult with Romy and I and we'll help you. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Took a little trip to the Barton Bar, Arizona room. Have you ever been there? I have not, but I've heard it's awesome. It is absolutely awesome. Central Library on uh, just south of McDowell on the second floor is the Arizona Room, and I pulled out this uh, archive, and I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to have you guess the year. Being okay. a generational Arizona farmer, you may you, you, this something you may get close. Uh-oh. Uh oh. <clears throat> we've got more underground water in Arizona. Those heaven-sent rains of last winter and spring put more water into underground reservoirs than it did to those on top. Those hidden reservoirs are just as important to Arizona agricultural and everybody in the state, as uh, <clears throat> published in June of 19. I want to say we... We had some wet years in the 90s, but that's too early for that publication. So would that be the 70s, maybe? 41. Oh, wow, 1941. And it's the Arizona Farmer. I think it's one of our old publications. It says, The Voice of Arizona Agriculture, published continually since 1922. And they have archives uh, of these articles that we had to make ourselves leave to stay on schedule we we could have stayed there a month doing research so in in uh 2021 world arizona farm bureau will be celebrating its 100th year and so my historian we just commissioned him about two years ago and he's been doing the research and he's finalizing of course he was working on recent history first because it's easier Mm. to do the research now he's got to go back the first 20 years of arizona farm bureau's history and so he's actually going to the burton bar Arizona Library section or whatever you call it. And mm-hmm. he told me, Julie, there's a wealth of information, so I'm sure he's finding some of this stuff too. It is. And it's original copies that they have kept and archived, and they've got bound by date it's or by year. It's a phenomenal resource. I'm going to have to From what I could there. tell, it was a bi-monthly publication. It came out every two weeks. Wow. And the amount of information and the classified ads are so – much fun to oh, read I bet they'd be fun to the read. 40s. So when I went back in more recent issues, um, the 40s on, and we've got quite a, a few bound books, we found that John Wayne was a member of the Arizona Farm Bureau. So if John Wayne is a member <laughs> of the Arizona Farm Bureau, 
you and I should be members of the Arizona Farm Bureau. He literally had sent us a written note with his a check in there renewing his membership. John Wayne, that's, the Duke. That's that's great. <laughs> that's going to be a trivia question uh, in the be. near future. Yes, we need it. And the other thing I want to highlight real quick as we wrap up this, and thank you, Capreme Dream Team, as I call you, for being in studio with us. And uh, keep posting all your information as it comes out, especially when the sandwiches come out. But on Fill Your Plate, which is a website hosted by Arizona Farm Bureau, we have a new searchable database, and it's called Visit a Farm. And literally, if you go to that, and it's a mobile-friendly site, so if you're out and about and you're hiking the mountains and you're in Cochise County and you decide, you know, I want to visit a farm before I come back into Metro Phoenix, you can hit that Visit a Farm and search in Cochise County, and up will pop all of the farms that, and wineries, by the way, that you can visit. And so one of these days, I'm hoping Caprim Dairy, we can have you in that searchable database on the Visit the Farm Fill Your Plate, and up you will pop, and they can come and visit your goats and see this unique breed and all that fun stuff. So that's one of the new features, and we just launched that this just literally this last week, the Visit a Farm searchable database on Fill Your Plate. So it's kind of one of the special things that we do. We have um, a lot of direct market Retail farmers, they may be going into the farmer's markets, but we have a few of our farmers that literally you have to go to the farm to get their product. And we love it because it's the best way that we can stay connected to the public, and you don't have to have that disconnect with agriculture. And we have a lot of it. I want to say we have at least a couple dozen farms that you can actually visit. And that's the point of this broadcast, the first of every month, to help connect our listening audience to the Arizona agriculture and the food they eat. And uh, Gary, you were talking about the ingredients off air. Just recap that conversation real quick. The, the cost of the vanilla bean, the roots that y'all use, the classification of the dairy. Madagascar and Tahiti are the two places in the world where vanilla beans are produced. And we use a bourbon Madagascar vanilla bean paste. Again, it represents two ounces would represent 12 vanilla beans being scraped. They've had a really horrible monsoon problem in Madagascar, which is rotting the vanilla vines that the beans are harvested from. And so it's really increased the cost of using real, honest-to-goodness bean paste as opposed to extract or artificial vanilla, which we could easily choose to do, but it doesn't give you the flavor and the richness that the bean paste does. So so basically it's $400 per gallon of bean. Yes, that's the current cost. <laughs> but the pint mm-hmm. is only about $5. Correct. To you, the consumer, and you can mm-hmm. pick it up at Natural Grocers, uh, AJ's, Fine food, and you'd mentioned a third one. We'll, we'll, we'll Whole soon be in Whole Foods. Whole We're in foods. process. Or you can go to AJ's today, Camelback and Central. Y'all are giving away free pints. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can come sample it. 